Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Travel and Transformation Show. I am your host, Sophia, and today my guest is Trish Matthews. She is also known as the Destiny Detective, and I'll let her tell you why in a second. But before I do, I have to let you know that she confirmed something I have always known. I'm destined to travel. I'll let her tell you a little bit about that too. So Trish, Uh can you tell us how did you go from a corporate corner office to destiny detective? (laughs) Well, that was definitely an interesting thing. So I rose through the ranks in the telecom industry all the way up to Fortune 100 executive. I was the director of um, network management and business development for Siemens, the third largest company at the time. So I was brought up in a traditional Christian Methodist home sent to all girls schools because I was a bit of a wild child and my mother wanted to control me. So um, I had this piece of me that wanted the freedom to go do and be me the way I am. But of course, you know, like all of us, we want the love from our parents. So I also, there was another piece that wanted to be the good daughter, even though I was really the one that was the the misfit and always in trouble. So um, when I was 33 for my birthday, I went out to lunch with the girls and um, one of them was like, oh, Chris, you have to go see Dioro. You know, she's the best psychic in the world. It's your birthday. And I was like, hmm, I've never done that before. Sure, why not? So I had some interest in astrology and read my horoscopes and things like that. Um, I'd also read the book, uh, The Reincarnation of Peter Proud in high school. Mm. And I hated to read. I mean, I did not, I, I, I structured all of my classes around math and science and did no reading. So it was like a weird book for me to like pick up, but I loved it. And it was just like, okay, that's interesting. And it was kind of like science, sci-fi too. And so I was big into Star Trek and my dad sold the mainframes that put Apollo on the moon. And so, you know, you know, I was into that. So this woman blew my mind when I was at this reading and I'm like, how the heck does she know all of these things about me that my mother doesn't know? Nobody else had ever been able to validate me internally that this is my wiring and who I am. And so, you know, this was right, you know, it was when was it 1992 internet was just a little bit on the horizon i was in in the department that was doing frame relay and all the internet and all that kind of stuff so but this woman did not have internet so she was not be able to go and do any research on me online to see who the heck this person was and even if she did i had the mask that i wore for the world to say i'm this professional you know woman right um, yeah young lady you know not this woo-woo kind of spiritual thing so so she just blew my mind and it took me a year of going through and doing all the calculations that she did she did numerology astrology she used the regular playing cards but in a manner that was called um gypsy cards really i use cards of destiny which is a different um way and i can explain that more but I went to try to disprove her because I didn't believe it. So I was the detective being skeptical, going, what in the heck with all these things? And then finally, yeah, after a year, a light bulb went off and I could see, like, here's a chart, you know, here's another chart right here that you can just see all numbers here. And it was like a mathematical program. And I am very good at math and I would have been a computer science major had my mother not sent me to the girls' school that didn't have computer science as a major. So, but I loved math and I just, it was just like, I can see the program of somebody's life. And then when you go over to astrology, it's just like going from English to French and then going to Spanish for, you know, the, the cards of destiny. And then I also do um, hand analysis, which is fingerprints and other, it's a, it's a kissing cousin to palmistry, but it's more scientific. 
then it's more mathematical and scientific. So, so that's what I did. And it took me a year to go, you know, I'm going to do this. And it took me well over a decade to go, okay, this needs to be my job you know, <laughs> and go earn a, a living at it. And I still kind of go, oh, you know, what am I doing? You know, uh, you know, I still have fears that come up and that's what I help other people is to work through their fears based upon their chart. So that was a long winded explanation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a journey though. I mean, you don't just leave a corner office and all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you what your purpose is and I'm going to use math yeah. to do it. <laughs> right. Well, I was doing it. I mean, I can't tell you how many VPs would come up to me at the water cooler going, Trish, what about this? Cause they knew that I just intuitively, you know, I would look at the whiteboard and see all these scribbles. I'm like, Oh, there's a problem there in this area with these numbers. You need to go work on that. And they are like, how do you know? You know? And I'm like, you know, I couldn't explain how I knew. I just knew. Well, that actually leads me into a question. So when did you actually figure out that you could channel information and that you were probably um, maybe clear sentient or you can, uh, you can let me know which clear you are, but that's okay, what that kind of sounded like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay. That's a very, very good question that I have to explain to people. So the typical clairs that you think of with the, the psychics at the fair are clairvoyant. They can see things and clairaudient. They hear messages from spirit guides and um, your dead relatives and things like that. I'm clairsentient where I feel like I can feel your anxiety, your excitement, you know, whatever somebody else is feeling. Right. And I'm claircognizant where a little, uh, it's like a pop of information will come into my head. Now, I did not realize until somewhere between 2014 and 2019, when all the empath information started coming out, that I was claircognizant. Okay. I was just thinking, oh, you know, I've just read a lot of books and I know a lot of math and I'm just interpreting these numbers. So I didn't realize that I was getting this information. Um, even as a child, I definitely, I know I would have precognitive dreams that my dog was going to die that day and things, things like that. So there were things that were happening, but I pushed them away because my mother was just like, oh, you're just imagining things. You're too sensitive. So it was a process of owning and recognizing my own intuition, even though I was using it, I didn't know I was using it. I was like, oh, no, I'm not psychic. I'm not like those people over right. there, you know? Right. So and then I think that has such a bad connotation for some people. And I mean, and I think a lot of it comes from there are a lot of people who we might want to call them shysters because they're not truly gifted. So yes. they give a bad name to the people who are truly gifted. And then people don't want to believe that they're True. folks who actually have those gifts, but it sounds yeah. like you were using them even in corporate when you could just look at the big picture, right. see the issue, and then not even know why, because it's not like you had the information prior right. to, to, or anything to be able to say, well, this is how I came up with that. And it's like, mm, I just know. <laughs> right. So there's the how I do the um, intuition and how all people are intuitive, be it the Claire's, Claire Cognizant, Claire Audient, Claire Sentient, Claire, um, uh, I can't remember the other one, <laughs> Claire Buoyant. So then I realized I was going a different place and that was why, part of the reason why I was different from other psychics was because I'm going to the um, Akashic records and reading your your plan of everything that you want to accomplish in this life. I can see, you know, some past lives. I can see trajectory of where you might go if you don't get the lessons and the growth that you your soul wanted to achieve um, in this life. Versus the the psychics that you think of, they're going and they're they're reading your energy right now to see okay she's spot on she's focused she knows where she's going so this can happen and they you know i'm always amazed because we see time pretty similarly 
because that's here and now. And, right. and so it's, it's just a different energy where they're reading your current energy and they're talking to your spirit guides of where you're at. And that's the astral plane, which is a little easier, different to get to than I think it's called the causal plane. I can never say that word there. I'm dyslexic. So I have problems with words. Sometimes I can see it in my head, but how to pronounce it is another story. So I'm going to a different place. And then some healers, they just know which crystals to pick up because they're on the fi fixed plane and they know how to bring your, your energies more into alignment. And then they can recommend herbal things and things like that. So they're the physical healers. Then there's the psychic healers that are on the astral plane. And then there's the more math. It's, it's math oriented is, is the easiest way to explain what I do. Okay, so I guess there's a couple things I want to get into there because I'm going to have you explain exactly sure. what you do with layman's terms. But one of the things that you brought up were the Akashic records. Now, I know okay. there are some people who can teach other people how to do that, but mm -hmm. was that something you had to learn or is that something that you are just naturally able to do? I can't, you know, I don't walk into the Akashic Records and see these glorious halls and the different rooms and buildings because I'm not clairvoyant, so I don't have that kind of sense. Um, I use numerology and then I use astrology and the cards of destiny and the hand analysis. So I learned that. But the symbolism from one system to another is very similar. And mm -hmm. so... Once I, you know, you've got the 12 zodiac signs and astrology has the nine different numbers, 10 if you count zero. So they match up pretty cleanly. You know, Aries and one are, are very much the same. Eight and, and Capricorn are very similar. So there's some very, you know, so I, I can easily jump from one language to the another. And once I learn the basics, then there's just, flood of information started coming down basically but i had to learn the basics there um but it just yeah for me tapping in i don't even think about it anymore it's just boom boom okay here i am you know so if i get you know if somebody gives me like the wrong birth time which just happened and i was like oh you know you know getting wrong information gets hard for me because i'm seeing something and so but I can tell you when I have the wrong information, the downloads don't come as smoothly. So, you know, and I'm just like, okay, I can only tell you, you know, this part is definitely true. This part, if the birth time is, is correct, then that's true. So, and sure enough, somebody just came back and said, hey, if the birth time was like two, three hours off, would that make a difference? I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to do that part of the reading all over again. So, but the rest is true. You've got the core here. Okay. Well, that to me is very interesting. And I know, I know that there's got to be some people geeking out in my audience right now because I am <laughs> yeah. not a numbers person per se, unless, uh -huh. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if I'm going shopping, I can calculate discounts real quick in my head, but don't give me a calculus thing right. because it's not happening, <laughs> you know, and all through school, I was more about the reading and the words than I was about okay. the numbers. And I think it's also a little gotcha. bit because in my, in my mind, I, I have a lot of the, um, which I'm sure you saw, there's a lot of the creativity and the fluidity, but there's also a sense of logic. And if you can't tell yes. me uh -huh. why I'm doing this and how I'm going to use it in my life, then right, there's right. just some kind of a, it's like hitting a dead end somewhere because it's not making sense to me, you know, because a lot of the stuff Which that we were learning in school, especially math wise, I'm like, where am I going to use this in my life? Right. And, you know, the teachers right, couldn't right. tell me where I was going to use it in my life. And I was like, well, logically, <laughs> I don't really see the point in hurting my head trying to like learn it if I'm never going to use it. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, so. It's total sense to me that, that you're that way. And my people are definitely that way because your whole work part here is set up to be down to earth and practical. You have earth signs on all of your workhouses. I mean, yeah, no, no, I lied there. 
you have earth signs on two of your um, workhouses, but then you have the Aries on your midheaven, which is the adventurous, courageous leader that wants to inspire your audience and take them forward. But you need to do it in a practical way. Whereas I have air and earth on mine. And so I share my ideas of how things go in a practical way. You share inspirational ideas. It's inspirational. You fire people up and get them excited. I just get the brain thinking. <laughs> what a team we could make. I get them all fired know, up. There you go. Like, think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And my past life is the Leo, the inspiration. And I'm, I was really scared to death and still can be that to get seen and heard for what I do. So, because in my past life, I was abused, punished, jailed, this, that, and the other for being metaphysical. Right. And I have, I have some of that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, because I, so one of the things that this is like the perfect segue into it, because we both <laughs> work with past lives, but I do past life regression with people and you read mm-hmm. past lives and they're two okay. different aspects yep. can get you to the same place, but they're two different aspects. So can you explain a little bit about how you read a past life okay i have the three main systems that i do i do everything but the hands for past life i don't do hands too much for past life all of the other three systems tell me different information about your past life in numerology i look at your name to see most of the past life kind of things it tells me your course curriculum if you will and how well you did, you know, what did you learn in that past life? Mm-hmm. And then I married that up with what you planned for this life to see the courses that you're t- taking and where they, they marry up. Then in Cards of Destiny, I can see um, past lives with other people um, based upon how the card system works. And we can go into that more mathematically later because it is a very mathematical system that tells me whether they were in your past life or not, or whether you're just learning, you know, growth lessons in this life. And then in astrology, that's where I get really golden there, where it will sync up your, your 12th house is the key that starts the little process and ties to all your rest of your chart to tell me what was the unfulfilled past life that you came to do in this life. That's the simplistic answer, as best as can be simplistic on <laughs> the mathematical equations without getting into exponents and different things like that. I'm being sarcastic now, but <laughs> <laughs> I know that could take such a long time, and I don't want to lose anybody who's not a math geek. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Got to keep it practical, down to earth here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, one of the things you talked about was. Uh, the cards of destiny but Uh isn't that basically a common card of deck I mean a common deck of cards you know yes I mean because when you think about it it's like okay I'm playing (laughs) poker I'm playing bid with I'm playing whatever card game I'm playing and I can take that same deck of cards right and figure out what I'm supposed to do in life because it's my purpose, how my relationships are going to work out and just all this other stuff. So how can you give us a little background on how does that work? (laughs) How the heck does this crazy thing that I play with, you know, you know, work? So basically, okay, everybody pretty much knows the regular deck of cards. We have four suits and um, we have the hearts which is spring and that's the lower level. Then we have, you know, that's the love level that we enter in life. Then we have clubs like where we go off to school. Then we have diamonds where we go off to work. Then we have spades where we become the wise elder. And the cards are are organized from ace of hearts to king of hearts, all the way up to king of spades. So 52 cards, 52 weeks in a year four suits, four seasons in a year. So it's very calendar based. Mm, And 
if you take the deck of cards, there's a um, magical way, systematic, magical, practical magic way to shuffle the deck to come up with the spread for where your birthday falls in that deck. And very quickly, you, you take three cards off the top, put three cards down, then three cards down, three cards down, and you keep circling around to you're left with four cards and you, you put them in each of the four piles there for each of the suits. And then you re-spread them out into this rectangle and you can see the birthdays of where everything is. And so, and that tells you the birthday is associated with a particular card. King okay. of Spades is only on January 1st, nowhere else. <laughs> and so yeah. then there's other cards that are very common. And you do that same shuffling kind of thing times 90. And over those 90 different spreads will give you the timing of when things happen in your life. And you can see somebody else's card in your spread and where they sit in relationship to you will tell you, okay, that's a Saturn person and they're going to test the heck out of me this year or that's <laughs> Venus moon and they're going to be so loving and wonderful, you know? So you can, you know, depending upon your age and your general spread, you can see whether the, the natural order of the cards if there's a relation there that tells you there's a past life. And if it's just in the, the, that first spread there, then that's just a life thing. So just those different shuffling things, it's all very, very mathematical and where those cards are positioned tells a whole story. It just tells me everything of what's going on basically. And then you tie all of that into numerology, which is also another mathematical way of figuring right. things out. <laughs> but and, it's really, that's oh. super easy for me to do too, because the cards, you know, think of the numbers, you have ace through 10, and then you have the three personality cards. So in numerology, you have the one through the zero and that the ace and the one mean exactly the same thing. The two and the two mean the same thing. Five is the same thing, no matter where I am. So it's just, I add some more layers and different calculations to, to be able to answer questions. You know, if you have a legal question, I'm going to go to the cards of destiny kind of um, situation. If it's a, I'm on a line like this and I have to do math in my head real quickly. Then I'm going to go to numerology because I can go boom, boom, boom. And it's all that I'm not going to take out the card, you know, the deck of cards and do, you know, that if I'm in jail and I'm bored and I have plenty of time. Yeah, maybe. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you get the draft and then astrology that gets, I use the, the computer because I can do some things, you know, it just takes a longer period of time to, do that by hand. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure technology plays plays a part because I mean there's there's so many calculations to do that right. I would imagine that even a math whiz like you says, you know what? I think I'm gonna plug some of this into a program. <laughs> well, you know, going back to the your original cards question, where you know, where did this cards of destiny come from? It came from Atlantis, you know, a gazillion million years ago. And somehow it landed in Egypt, oh, I can't remember, you know, 500-ish uh, years ago. And then Rome took over Egypt. And that's when that card system, the gypsies from Italy, started to do the Atlantis Egyptian cards of destiny system, but they put their own format on, on it. Okay. And then Tarot... The major arcana got added onto the 52 cards to become, what, 72 cards or whatever. So the system has changed over the years. And so they're all still correct. But the, the Atlantis formation, you know, of the system is the basis 
system. And that many years ago, I'm like, okay, were aliens involved in this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, I'm like, you know, where, how did they figure this out? Because it's very mathematical. It's not just the stuff I can do in my head. You right. know, how in the world did that come about? I don't know. So, but that's the history of the different card systems. And they ended up becoming, once um, the Romans took over, they used it more for play and different things. And so that's how that shifted and why it's the way. And then plus, you know, metaphysics, as we know, has been pushed down because that magic and that woo-woo stuff, the witch wound, um, they didn't want that bubbling up. And it was a secret society. And that information was only available to privileged few. And I think that that's the part now that science is completely catching up with what ancient wisdom already had in place. So yes. it's almost like, oh, look at this new discovery. And it's like, you're not really discovering anything new. You're playing <laughs> catch up because this was already here. It's yes. just that it had to be suppressed. It had to be hidden. And, yes. you know, now people are really becoming open to it. But I think it's also because we're we're kind of like, well, not kind of like, we are in a new age. So it's like you have to adapt and you have to understand that everything you knew isn't everything. <laughs> right. Well, you, you used an interesting word that I'm going to peel apart a little bit. And you're like, it had to be hidden. And I would say, no, it didn't have to be. It was feared and so you know the patriarchy or whatever didn't want this coming out and they wanted to be able to use information as it best served them and so like again I don't know history in English those things that I didn't have to read books on so but basically um somewhere the Catholic Church didn't like the middleman of the astrologer going to the king to advise the king on when to go to war and when to have sex, to, you know, bear, you know, the heir for the throne. And so they, you know, if you look at the Catholic church, they have a vast library of all the astrology systems and, you know, Placidius and things, the different astrology systems are named after monks and so it was a marketing business ploy to kick out and push the astrologer out of the way so the church could come in and do things differently. And then I want to say that the mid 1800s, men, doctors, because women couldn't become doctors um, back then, they were healers and midwives. They pushed the midwives out because they they wanted the women to come to them for the abortions and things like that. And they made abortions illegal and they took over the whole reproductive system and how we could take care of our female bodies, even though they didn't really know much about the female bodies then. So it was a very political move that was made. And so, and even, you know, I don't know, I just came across a, a person, I'm not going to name their names or what they do, but how they use um, the numerology systems was very marketing oriented to say, this is a fortune and energy for you and things like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, no, <laughs> you know, that's just a marketing ploy to be able to sell and frame what we do, not in a way that's really useful to them, but in a way that they can make more money. And that just hurt my soul seeing that. So it still happens today and by a woman, not a man. So it's, you know, and I don't view masculine or feminine as bad or, you know, one's good and one's bad. It's finding the balance between the two of them because metaphysical women, we need to learn how to ask for money and get paid for this because we've been told, no, we have to be at home being housewives and all that versus, getting paid. So it was another way to keep us down versus um, me. I have a more masculine style and did very well in the business world, but I have to learn to own my feelings more. So it's learning to find the balance in both. That's the transition that I see happening right now. So it's to own both sides of the house. Well, you brought up uh, several things that I <laughs> yeah. kind of want to touch on. So <laughs> 
you talked about history and Mm -hmm. men wanting to control women's Mm -hmm. reproductive system. Mm -hmm. History. History. (laughs) Now bring it back present day. It's happening again. Yes. And so one of the things is you don't want to live in the past, but you have to look at history so it doesn't repeat itself because now we're in a repeating cycle for that piece of things. And it sucks. And that's all I'm going to say on that because it is a whole political thing and I don't want to go there. Yeah, understand. But it's just wrong to me (laughs) on so many levels because a woman's body is so dynamic that nobody else should have authority over what she can do with it. And with that said, I really am going to stop on that subject because I could just get on a soapbox. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the other Um, The other thing you talked about was fear. Now, a lot Mm -hmm. of the metaphysical is magic, (laughs) you know, it's practical magic. It's just magic, but people fear what they don't understand. Right. And that again, history, and you can bring it back to present because when you look at how people treat each other, Mm -hmm. People from diff- how people from different right. races, different cultures, yep. different yep. backgrounds, different religions treat each other. Mm-hmm. It's all about fear. Yeah. I don't understand you. You are different than me, so I right. don't like you. Right, right. You know, and there's wars, and oh. you know, being fought for that very reason, yeah. and yeah. it all centers on fear. You know, so if we could actually raise above that and go into the metaphysical and come from a place of love and realize that we are so much more the same than we are different, then, you know, we could really just not do a lot of bullshit that's going on in in the world, you know, because racism, Uh all of that profiling, it's all about fear. And if you just took the time to look at another human being as another human being, and it's like, wow, you're more like me than not, you would eliminate so much of the fear, which would eliminate so much of the violence and so much of the other things that, you know, are going on. But I think a lot of people who want power breed fear in others so that they can control. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, I can totally speak to that. There was a lot of things, but I'm going to unpack it in a, in a simple way that you're going to get some deeper meaning about your number five out of this there too. So, okay. The number five, um, you've got that for your life path in numerology, and I've got number five all over my charts in different ways too. So what the number five is all about and, and, is travel for one. And if you think about travel, you're going to a foreign culture to get a different perspective on life. And so, and the whole purpose of life being here is to come down and have different experiences that give us different perspectives. And once we have that experience, we can reflect on that and say, oh, that works for me. Oh, no, that does not work for me. And so it pushes us in the direction that's right for us. Mm -hmm. And there is no right and wrong, you know, be it female, male, black, white, whatever color there, you know, where you live, how you do things, you know, it's a, a perspective perspective that you're learning to go through experience for and by having people that have different perspectives than us then we can go oh this works for me and it doesn't and the whole we're supposed to have those differences to be able to have that wind in our face to go no that's not working or the wind at our back oh Oh yeah, I'm digging this. I'm interested in this more. And so it's just to get us scared in a direction that works for us because for whatever reason, when we're born and we pick our parents and things like that, then 
we're set up with these lessons and this restriction and the culture that we have that gets us in this different way so we can find our true selves and peeling off that people-pleasing mask and doing everything for everybody else just doesn't work. We're meant to do that. And so it's learning to see the commonality and all the different people and their situations and how we're more alike than how we're different. And that's, and then that's love versus judgment and hate. So it, it brings us together as a society versus tearing us apart. And so, and that's why I love what I do because, you know, I have to drop down into their shoes and go, okay, what would this person do? What's right for them? Even though I might not agree with that. So, and we're in a time frame now, lots of things going on right now. So, um, but somewhere in the COVID, I can't remember exactly when was, the planets were all aligned in a very similar way as when the American revolution was. So we're making this drastic changes, moving in a different direction. Um, Astrology wise, Pluto's just going into Aquarius, Saturn's now going into Pisces. So there's just all sorts of different things, lots of things going into Aries. So, and what that means is we're in this high transition to say the old way of things working capricorn kind of ways are very traditional and structured aquarius is oh hell no i'm gonna break this up and we're gonna have a revolution and we're changing (laughs) it up you know so so that we're meant to be going through this right now so we can upscale and feel you know, Aquarius is all about humanity and society and doing well for the common people as a whole. So it's not individualistic, it's everybody together. And as we m- move from the 1900s, one plus nine equals 10, which adds up to one, that's the masculine, I don't bend for nobody kind of number, to mm-hmm. now we've moved into the 2000s. And that's a number two, like it's down on its knees, bowing down to somebody being of service, which is a very feminine number. So we're moving into this age where the femininity for the next thousand years is going to definitely be a theme. And we're just starting it. So so it's going to shift <laughs> um, for sure. And Aquarius, that's a, the age of Aquarius is for about 2000 years. So it's going to take a while for that to unravel. So yes, you can see history unplay and you can see the universal energies that everybody's got to adjust to. But then your birthday says, okay, how am I reacting to the big picture here? What's my role and my place in this craziness right now? Right. And so it's that combination of both that I do basically is help you see, okay, you know, I had this past life. I didn't do, get to do that then. This is going on in the outside world. And this is how I can make a bigger difference. And so you're here to bring inspiration and love to people and inspire them in a new and different way and to help bring metaphysics on the table and help people think differently so we can not be you're that and I'm this and you're wrong and this, I mean, there's just so much of that going on right now and finding that collective whole where we can see more commonality than we can see the differences. So, and I think it's interesting that we're moving toward the feminine and it's almost Mm -hmm. like the masculine is fighting against it because from days of old, you know, Mm -hmm. when women are fully in their power, I think yeah. the masculine can be very afraid of that. Oh, because totally. As, yeah. as when female power just gets to explode, right. it can be soft and like a tornado all at Absolutely. the same time. Absolutely. And it's so, so different to masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like, okay, yeah, the feminine is time for the feminine to move forward and take over. And the masculine is like, but no. But no, right, right, I'm afraid. Right. So let me fight against it. Let me suppress it. Let me put it in the background. 
You know, that's the, that's the kind of feeling that I'm getting from like everything that I'm watching. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. But if you look at the men, the you know, the poor men, and you find some commonality there, look at how they were raised. They were like, suck it up. Don't cry. You know, men were told to also repress all their feminine energies and emotions, just like women, different. But, you know, so they were grown, you know, they were brought up to be in control of their emotions and control of life. And let me run around and make sure nothing gets out of control. And from a business standpoint, um, it served them well to keep women to the sidelines. So they were the, you know, the decision makers and the money makers and that control of emotions. And you look at the word hysterical, you know, hysterectomy, it comes from our biology of our feminine organs and stuff. And you're crazy if you're hysterical, you know, right. don't be too feminine. And, you know, when a woman shows up in the business environment and gets angry and goes, you know, uses the F-bomb and, you know, goes to jail, you know, and stuff like that, then we're the crazy women. And, yeah. but if a man does that, oh man, he's going after it. He's getting what he wants. So, right. Oh, what a go getter. He's a leader. And then the woman does it. What a bitch, you know, right, it is right, such right. a double standard, but I think it's, it's an innate fear. And right. as you were saying that men are taught to suppress their feelings, push them down, not feel them. Mm -hmm. I think the fear is actually more of a projection because they're afraid of what's going on inside Absolutely. that they can't access or that they're um, afraid to access. So they end up, um, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. just making like it, just pushing it out. And then the woman is the one who has to, you know, take right. the brunt of that but right. at the same time it's strong enough right to take well, the brunt of that <laughs> and it, i mean i'm thinking about putting the witch wound in my subtitle of the, the book i'm working on right now um so because it's a real thing where there's a collective unconscious within men and women because it's not just women so but it's this witch wound of we're afraid to bring our feminine side out because we might die. You know, we've been hung or, you know, whatever in the past life there that we didn't, we weren't able to be our authentic, full feminine, emotional self. I should say emotional self because men have that same problem there too. Right. So, and then the corporations today, these are my beliefs here. Um, you know, they, they're all about keeping that bottom line to keep their stockholders and to, to make that crazy kind of money. They are the ones that are actually controlling the government right now. If you look at the yep. whole uh, Oxycontin and the company Purdue um, there, I can't remember the name of the movie that came out a while ago, but how they set up a system through the doctors to prescribe this and kept upping the prescription because they were making insane kinds of money. Meanwhile, the government at the state level and the FDA level weren't able to, you know, they're like, no, it's really not a problem. And, you know, state level is going, oh my God, we were arresting people left and right because they're addicted and they're stealing money. So now they can go and get this prescription drug. And it was just out of control. And so the, you know, big businesses, they own the government and they're the ones that are controlling all this. And so something is going to have to change with that patriarchal approach because it's not it's just not working anymore exactly. so and if you look at the tobacco companies once they got their advertising taken away in television and wherever else they went off and bought general foods and craft foods i think so they had all that money they were cut off in so now these people that got us addicted to tobacco are now getting us addicted to food the basic you know the general foods and the main suppliers of all the processed foods and it just continues and continues you yeah. know so you know so all these weird factoids that I have, I'm kind of digressing <laughs> a little bit. You got me riled up. <laughs> I know, right? We need to get off that soapbox now. <laughs> but, you know, one thing I do want to bring up, because I um, 
recently interviewed someone who does human design. Okay. And what I found interesting, because I find all of this stuff interesting. Yes. (laughs) That's just me. (laughs) It's in the numbers. But what I noticed is all of these different systems, when you look at them, they all end up at the same place. Absolutely. Which, of course, I'm like, okay, you really need to pay attention because you keep getting the same message. Yeah. 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 But I mean, truly, I mean, I only stick with the four systems, but um, I'm a manifestor generator. So, um, and then Enneagram, I don't use. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's a whole sleep thing for me. That was very helpful to go how, how I, what I need to do before I go to bed so I can sleep well. So, um, because I have so many different systems, I don't use human design nor the Enneagram. Um, I know a little bit about Vedic um, astrology. I mostly do um, just the Western astrology. There's Chaldean uh, numerology and Pythagorean. So I stick with my core sets, purposely peeled off Enneagram because the numbers are the same as numerology and my people get confused when I give them information. Mm. So, um, but yes, I mean, as one of the astrologer mentors that I work with greatly, she's like, if you assign peanut butter to a symbol and that becomes your, you know, when you're doing your readings and doing your thing and peanut butter comes up, you've got to say peanut butter, you know? So it's, we're reading it's energy out there. We're reading frequencies and it's no different than English, French, Spanish, or whatever. We're communicating in a language and love is love. You know, you go to Europe, you might have more terms for love because there's the platonic love and there's, you know, the affair love and this, that, you know, kind of love and stuff. So, but it's still love. So we're reading the same thing. So it does not matter what system you go to at all it's going to tell you very similar stuff and depending upon the question i might pick one system over the other because i can get better answers but it's it's really it is all the same thing yeah i just again just found that so interesting because like even in the reading that we got one of (laughs) one of the things on my report said that i tend to get frustrated and it's because I'm a a 5-1 manifesting generator I was like okay that makes it that was you know that's my yeah my lesson so to speak and it it finds its way in my life on a regular regular basis well look at the number five itself and it's the one number that goes in every different direction it's straight it's curved it's you know it it's not quite you know there's more energy in that number five because it's a restless energy and it's we're the explorers and we're hungry for information and adventure and experiences more than the other numbers so we can't just go through that experience we need to take time to sit back and reflect on the experience and that's where our wisdom comes from so we're meant to have the travel and the different experiences. It's just learning how to digest that information. So it's a, a healthy way that, that gives gives us, it feeds us in a, right. an appropriate way. And, that, and I love that you brought up the whole restlessness because when I was doing my last degree, it was two years straight that I couldn't go anywhere. And I got so restless. I'm like, I feel like a caged animal. It's like, I have to go away. (laughs) I got to get out. So finally, like right at the end, once I graduated, it's like, I'm taking a vacation. And usually (laughs) I, I like international travel. Um, But I am trying to see all the different states and stuff, but yeah, I I just, I really dig international travel. (laughs) I understand. So, for me, I travel vicariously through the internet in your chart. You know? So that's how my travel, you know, I, this is my 27th move, I think, or something like that. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I probably have one or two more moves left in me, but 
yeah, I don't like to travel too much anymore. <laughs> so, but I'm an empath and I pick up all that energy. I mean, I moved from Dallas of six or 8 million people and I'm feeling all the COVID crap, honestly, from everybody. And it just is like, I can't do this. So I now live in a town of 450 people. So <laughs> what <a> vast difference. <laughs> Well, Trish, I just want to thank you so much for being on with me. I love this conversation. (laughs) I love all the, I love all the different things that, you know, make us who we are and and that you can break it down into mathematical pieces. I find that pretty amazing too. So thank you once again for being here and I'll probably have you back because I'm sure yeah. something's going to come up and we're yeah, going to need you. to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, the program I'm working on now is the heroine's journey of going through the five W's. Who, you know, who are these crazy people in our lives? Who am I? You know, um, you know, why am I different? What am I supposed to experience when what's holding me back? So, so I can tell people, the basics of what their birthday and their information tells them about them. That's so cool. Oh, before I let you go, please tell Uh everybody where they can find you. Cool. Cool. Yeah. The best place to go is to destinydetective.com. D E S T I N Y detective D E T E C T I V E.com. And you can put in your birthday and you'll get like a little um, forecast for me for what's going to be happening for you this year. So I'm working on automating that. Um, And so, but meanwhile, I'm doing it manually to give you some information about what's going on in your life for this year, whether, you know, love or money focused for you. Okay, y'all, you heard that. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to know about love and money. So yeah, yeah that's that. the two main questions. <laughs> you know, Get your health, you know, as we get older, but love and money, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun.